and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. Well, I'm feeling great this week after a really good jumping lesson on the weekend. It is so true that the mood of horse people is defined by how our horse went in our last training session or competition. It's just something that uh, I think people who don't ride horses are, are never going to understand quite how much it affects us for the whole of the rest of the week. Well, we have some big winners this week who will definitely be feeling very happy because we will be reviewing the Longines Royal International Horse Show on this episode. We're starting off with our showing editor, Alex Robinson, who will be picking out her highlights of the week. I watched pretty much everything. I was kind of dipping in and out of the rings. Obviously, there's so much to see. We finished off with with the Supremes, which was a great kind of conclusion to the show. But yeah, absolutely fab week. The weather was gorgeous and everyone was very happy to be out and about. Then it's over to our show jumping reporters, Jennifer Donald and Eleanor Jones, who'll chat about all the jumping action, including young British star Harry Charles' second place in the King George. Harry's round on Borsato. I thought no one's going to beat him, did you? (laughs) (laughs) A round like that, yeah, you would have assumed that he might have nailed it, but it all came down to the final rider, didn't it? So we've got plenty to discuss today. Grab that hoof pick, get those hooves picked out, and let's get going. So I'm joined now by our showing editor, Alex Robinson. Alex has been out at the Royal International reporting on all the showing action all of last week. And we are recording quite early on Monday morning. And Alex has got a big day ahead of her putting the magazine pages to press, but has managed to squeeze in time for a quick chat first. Alex, how was the week? How was everything? It was absolutely fantastic. Had had such a great time. Everything kicked off on Tuesday with the coloured horses and ponies. So we had a really action-packed day then and then it was straight into the other classes and and everyone got an amazing show Um, I watched pretty much everything I was kind of dipping in and out of the rings obviously there's so much to see and yeah then we finished off with the with the Supremes on on Sunday which was a great kind of conclusion to the show but yeah absolutely fab week the weather was gorgeous and everyone was very happy to be out and about Um, yeah And this was the first kind of fully blown Royal International, I think, since before COVID, wasn't it? We did have a Royal International last year, but it was slightly trimmed. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the the show did go ahead last year, but um, there was definitely more restrictions in place. I think more in terms of spectators. So there was definitely less people there. And obviously part of the show, it's our Midsummer Championship. So people use it as a bit of a holiday and they like to have a bit of a party in the evening. And that kind of thing wasn't really allowed last year. So it was great to see everyone in high spirits this year and you know chatting with friends and and hanging out with each other at the end of the show so it was kind of back back to normality this year oh that's great to hear so let us kick off with the biggest winners tell us about the supreme champions who won what happened so yeah these were held on Sunday in in the international arena and the British Horse Society Supreme kicked off proceedings and there were seven combinations forwards really really beautiful champions and it was it was a really exciting one this year because something quite rare happened there was actually two combinations finished on the same marks um so there's three judges in the middle and they all hold up a score out of 10 after each performance and two combinations finished on on a score of 29 that was robert walker and his hunter viewpoint and danielle heath and the hack forgelands hyde park so they both finished on 29 so they had to come out and do a ride off and this meant they 
you know, they both headed out together in front of the crowds and gave it their all in an attempt to kind of clinch the title. And it was actually Robert and Viewpoint who were called forward as winners. So that was really exciting. It was a real nail-biting watch. Robert had earlier in the week taken the Hunter Championship. And here he is just when he came out of that, of the ring after winning that Supreme. Just here are a few pointers on his wonderful horse Viewpoint. He was loving it. He was loving it. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, you know, slightly concerned because there's a lot of galloping in there, as you yeah. see, and um, the crowd are very appreciative, mm-hmm. which doesn't suit every horse. Um, but he just seemed to love it. He, he, he thought he was back at Hoy's again mm-hmm. and he galloping round and having a great time. Oh, Alex, so great to hear from Robert there. Obviously, you had a good chat with him after that win. And who won the Pony Supreme? So this was another really stunning watch. It was, um, there was I think it was six forward in the Pony Supreme. Again, all beautiful combinations. Any one of them could have taken the title, but it was the show pony and the partbred champion, Wilderness Early Bird and Mia Donaldson, who, who took the crown with a score of 28. And this little mare, she absolutely loves that main arena. She won the Supreme here last year, so she knew what was, what was going on. Mia knew the score. She knew how to impress those judges and yeah they ended up taking taking the title and an early bird who's known as birdie at home she's 13 now and she's just been so prolific for for Mia and several jockeys before her so yeah it was absolutely incredible to watch her come back and and win again Mm, she is a truly beautiful pony definitely I, I saw your report on the website over the mm, weekend and uh, she is gorgeous yeah had a good look at her uh well good to hear about those big supremes let's talk about some of the other highlights I think you mentioned Danielle Heath earlier when we were talking about the horse supreme and she did win the supreme riding horse title didn't she yeah so Danielle had I think a record-breaking personal year she won the riding horses with Guy and Izzy Mears, Times Square, the third, and he's a really nice small riding horse, double Windsor champion. And, you know, the Royal International was one. I think Danielle had wanted to win with this horse, Monkey, as he's known at home, for a long time. So, yeah, Danielle captured that title. And um, this was the first time Danielle had won the riding horse title. Um, and she had a very able partner in Monkey. And here she is just telling us a little bit about him when she left the ring. He's a showman. Um, he's cheeky outside the ring, but that's his character. As soon as he gets through that gateway, he just owns the ring. And every year we've had him from the four-year-old. He's, t- he's took time, you know, he's been cheeky and to get him focused on what he's doing. But when you sit in that saddle and you get him in that ring, he, he just owns it. Oh, thanks to Danielle there for uh, telling us a bit more about Times Square after his uh, successes last week. So, Alex, what else? What were your personal highlights of the week? Uh, well, the native classes, the Mount Moreland ridden classes were, were exceptionally strong. There was a lovely winner on Wednesday. It was a new forest mare named Pure Well Poppy Lou and her rider Jessica Norris. They came up um, to win the UK Ponies and Horses Amateur Final. There was 29 in it and uh, this was both of their first wins. They were absolutely delighted. Uh, Jessica was in tears um, and the pony was owned by her, her mother-in-law, Lindsay Miller. So it was really nice to keep that in, in the family. And yes, the Open Mountain Moreland Championship was equally spectacular. Uh, champion was Sandra Burton um, with Connemara Stallion, Ania Cashel, a beautiful Connemara. 
And this win was extra special for for Sandra because she actually won the same championship with Anya's um, sire, Banks Timber, five years ago. So it was a real moment of deja, deja vu for, for Sandra, as can be seen here when she's uh, talking about her championship when she left the ring. I was actually pulled fourth and uh, all the ponies went nice. I didn't really think whether I'd done enough to sort of get moved to the yeah. top place, but I did, so that was brilliant. Um, and, of course, I won it here with Tim, which is his sire, in 2017. Wow. So I didn't think I'd be doing it again on his son, like, a few years down the line, which is just amazing. Because he's got the same temperament as Tim for Stallion. He's so well-behaved and, you know, lovely attitude to his work and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, good to hear from Sandra there too. And Alex, you and I are both Connemara fans. We both ride mm. Connemaras, aren't we? So uh, good to see one shining there for sure. Yeah, no, he was absolutely, he was gorgeous and he really lapped up the main ring. And yeah, very, very worthy champion. Um, yeah, An- another highlight for me was definitely the horse working hunter classes, which were held in, in ring five on um, on Friday. The course designed by Kevin Millman was typically challenging it was a real a real test of bravery and accuracy this year there were there were a few offset lines which caused quite a few problems and i think every fence apart from one ended up um falling down so it was a re- it was a real challenge and the winner of that class was um or the championship was the heavyweight winner it was eleanor hurst and her own noble gladiator he is a lovely gray gelding he absolutely shone in the main arena championship later in the afternoon really really galloped like a true hunter and yeah he gave eleanor his her first ever royal international wins that was really lovely to watch as well Mm, and interesting to hear hear a bit about about those working hunter courses at royal international i would imagine it feels like quite an achievement just to sort of get there and and jump around one of Mm. those one of those tracks yeah they're really really meaty and they the course designers incorporate a few of Hickstead's famous permanent features such as the wall and the the open ditch and they do catch a few combinations out and the atmosphere does even though it's held very early in the morning the atmosphere is very intense and there's loads of spectators sitting around the ring so yeah it really does take a a lot of grit and determination to get clear but um yeah Noble Gladiator was a very worthy champion who jumped an absolutely stunning stunning round. Mm, okay. And finally, Alex, before we let you go and process your 400 magazine pages, um, <laughs> what were the sort of, were there any talking points, any big themes, trends, things that we should know about the show beyond the winners that everyone was chatting it about? Yeah, well, the Royal International, um, a couple of years ago, they decided to remove the the mark system, which has been in place in, in many showing classes for for. for you know, a couple of decades now. And yeah, the decision was made during the pandemic because it was a lot safer to, to not have a mark sheet. But they, they found that competitors and judges were, were liking the format of not using marks um, and that they've continued with it for the past couple of years. So the fact that they don't use a mark system means that the initial pull-in after the go-round is reintroduced. So competitors need to add a bit more showmanship and flair to their performances as they're, they've kind of got to impress the judges right from the minute they walk into the ring right until the final presentations as when you're riding against a mark scheme you're kind of you get your mark and then it's kind of all over and I felt that this this meant that judges after their initial pull-in after the go-round they were not afraid to move the lines around either a lot of ponies came up from down the line to win a lot of ponies that were pulled ponies and horses that were pulled in top ended up being moved down and judges were really rewarding those those really nice performances and you know if they really liked a pony stripped um confirmationally wise they were not afraid to you know pull that up and and really shuffle around and it did add to the 
you know, it added to the excitement and it really made competitors, you know, feel like they were getting a good crack at vying for that class. So, yeah, that, that was probably the most interesting thing. And I do hope the Royal International will continue to, to not use marks going forward. Mm, okay, great. Well, good to hear that. And finally, Alex, what happens next in the showing world? Obviously, this is a big sort of summer summer final. Is it now sort of every, all eyes on horse of the year show in October or are there a few shows between now and then that people will be focusing on? Well, there's a few. There's definitely a few. A few summer championships. Um, so the National Pony Society Summer Championships takes place tomorrow, and I'm actually taking my pony down there to ride. So that'll be exciting. And then we've got the British Show Pony Society Summer Championships at the end of the month. Another really fantastic championship show um, for our ponies and. And yeah, then after that, it will be moving into September and it's all full steam ahead for, for Horse of the Year show. But there's still a few more qualifiers. So, um, and we haven't got our, our final lineups and catalogues of who's going to be competing at Hoys yet. But um, yeah, we've still got a few more shows to come. So we'll be following those results and yeah, letting you know who, who qualifies for that October final. Brilliant. Well, the uh, the July final is is just over. We're into August now, unbelievably. But um, it's been great to hear from you, Alex, with all of the Royal International showing news and to hear your enthusiasm for all of those winners. And of course, plenty more from Alex in this week's magazine. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup. We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe. Or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330-333-1313 to find out more. Hi, I'm Jennifer Donald, show jumping editor at Horse and Hound, and I'm here with the H&H news editor, Eleanor Jones, to talk about a fantastic Longines Royal International Horse Show at Hickstead last week. Elle, hi. Hello, wasn't it brilliant to be back at a proper Royal International? Oh, it was so good. And um, we were both there for a brilliant sort of five days of action. And it was so exciting to have Five Star jumping back at Hickstead. But uh, I think one of my highlights was watching Shane Breen with his, win his third Queen's Cup on uh, Saturday with a Supermare hire, which is such a tremendous feat in itself. It comes on the back of his Hickstead Derby victory last month. So he's on an absolute roll. What, what were the highlights for you, Eleanor? 
Well, I have to say one one of the best things from early in the week was the little one two eight uh, pony who who decided, bless him, took a huge leap at an oxer and unshipped his tiny rider and went for a gallop round the ring and ended up on top of the Derby Bank. <laughs> bless him. But um, yeah, apart from that, I'd, it was brilliant to see the return of the King's Cup and actually a Nations Cup. I'd forgotten yes. how good it is to sit there and watch a full Nations Cup. Um, but yeah, always a pleasure to be at Hickstead. Definitely. Um, so the international classes kicked off on Thursday with a bit of a Whitaker whitewash. We had John, William and Robert each winning a class. And then James Whitaker won the young horse qualifier on a horse by the great Argento, which was John's top ride. So it was pretty impressive. Nobody got a look in that day, did they? <laughs> no. And how I mean, absolutely amazing top top quality riding. But also how good is it to see John, the absolute legend, still smashing it and at the top <laughs> of his game, aged 66. Oh, I know. And as he said, he's he's the one he's got to keep the family name going he was the one that was like yeah no pressure I've got to keep keep the name keep winning so yeah it was good to see all of them I mean they were they were out in force at Hickstead as always but um to win those all those classes on one day it's you know it's it's not easy to win in that big ring so uh yeah it's great to see especially with so many top riders and and horses there you know no mean feat at all exactly um then on Friday we moved on to the first of the feature classes the British leg of the nation's Cup, which wasn't the best result on paper for Great Britain, was it? No, and and yeah, as you say, on paper we finished sixth out of seven, which obviously isn't great, but we were we were only a pole away from being in the jump off, so so a three team jump off, which can't happen that often. No, um, exactly because all those teams finished on eight faults, but we only finished on 12. And then we were pushed down the order on time uh, with the other two teams ahead of us. So yeah, sixth, but a pole away from possibly (laughs) winning. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, it was tricky. There was obviously a lot of disappointed faces afterwards, but um, the performances in round two, especially, I mean, there was clear after clear and you and I were sitting watching and we were kind of looking at the scoreboard going, why are we not moving up the leaderboard? (laughs) It was just, it seemed impossible that we could do so well in round two and yet not climb the leaderboard at all. So it's, I mean, it was a sad reflection, but as you say, just, it could have been in a, you know, very different story, just, uh, these things happen. And as Di Lampard said as well, small margins in these competitions, Mm. aren't they? Yeah, it really is. And and like you say, that second round was absolutely superb. And it's one of the, the quirks, isn't it, of the way it works that you could have, sort of different amounts of fault in you know you could all jump clear in the second round and actually that doesn't help yeah with the overall <laughs> score but another real positive with was um harry charles's superb double clear oh he's so good That's isn't just... he i mean he's been brilliant last this season last season and and just to keep jumping double clears for your country is just brilliant so. yeah hoping he's up for a medal next week exactly <laughs> and credit must go to jody hall mcateer as well she was jumping in the team on her on home soil for the first time and uh, I think she did four faults in each round which is brilliant and I think she was so thrilled to to make her debut and to feel that kind of emotion obviously it wasn't quite the result that she wanted but I don't think anything can beat jumping in front of your home crowd and and hearing the cheers every time you go in the ring so um, yeah. yeah, hats off to her. And of course, no taking away from France. They were absolutely brilliant. That jump off, I mean, to have a three-way jump off for a Nations Cup, as you say, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen very often, but it was a great jump off, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. And, and just fantastic sport as, uh, to sit there and, and watch as a fan. It's, yeah, mm. it was absolutely brilliant. Then we moved on to um, the Queen's Cup on Saturday, which we've mentioned, and a very worthy winner in Shane Breen. But it seemed like a very tough track, didn't it? With only three clears and lots of high scores. 
Yeah, it, it really was. And, and we actually caught up with Shane afterwards and asked him about that. And, and please excuse the, the quality of this sound clip, which isn't brilliant because we were in a busy press conference. Um, but we thought it was worth letting you hear from Shane himself. Um, when I, to be honest, when I walked into the arena this morning at 9.30 to walk the 150 class, the Five Star International, I had to stop for a second and because both courses were up and see which one is which. So, and there was, there was no difference. So, like, the, the Queens in a national class, it was the same as the ranking class for the five star that we had earlier. And this was a more difficult track to ride. Obviously, it should be because it's Grand Prix. Um, and and that's, that's what we strive towards. Um, and that's why we do these uh, great national shows. And there was one fence in particular that seemed to cause a lot more trouble than the others this year, wasn't there? Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of people having, uh, horses and riders having problems with the water, which we were talking about, weren't we, as we watched it? Because I imagine there just can't be that many rings where they see a, a proper water like that anymore. Exactly. And and just to sort of clarify, you know, all the, the riders in the Queen's Cup have to qualify from up and down the country and at the county shows. And so these are the top national riders all competing. But yeah, a lot of them won't have had that much experience over it. I mean, you have to remember that the Hickstead water jump is massive. I mean, it's absolutely huge. It's like a swimming pool sort of in the middle of the of the arena. So um, they will have jumped water jumps, but probably not to the same extent that they'll find in Hickstead. So yeah, it was quite an eye opener for a lot of them, I think. But mm. um, yeah, no, three very worthy clears. And um, yeah, you can't take it away from Shane and uh, Hayo. It was a great performance. No, it's fantastic. Then we finished with a big class on Sunday, the King George V Gold Cup, which is uh, such a historic class and always results in an exciting jump off in that huge main arena. And uh, this year was no exception, was it? No, and, and wasn't it? That was fantastic to watch. And just that's, you know, the big, the five-star Grand Prix, they all want to win it. And yeah, uh, again, just top class horses, riders and top class sporting action. Yeah, and we had eight uh, eight clears from round one came through against the clock. So, I mean, it was a, it was quite a tactical jump off in itself but there were really all sort of massive scores the first few riders came in and, and did some big scores so for the final four riders it was a real tactical do you go clear do you do you know try and beat the time what's you know you can only beat the ones that have gone before you so it was it was quite tricky and quite tactical wasn't it yeah massively I think they, I think they had 44 faults between them the first four jump off contenders so then uh, Trevor Breen who is who is next in on a horse he hasn't had very long has he you spoke to him afterwards that's it yeah an ex-eventer who only came to him a few weeks ago and he, this was their fourth show together so um, I think he was absolutely thrilled. He said, yeah, he would have to finish fourth in his first five-star Grand Prix. He'd have bitten your arm off <laughs> if, you'd, if you'd offered him that. So he was absolutely delighted. And obviously that horse being an ex-eventer, he loved it in there. You could see him jumping all the ditches. And yeah, he was in his absolute element, wasn't he? Yeah, he was having a whale of a time. And But then, of course, poor Trevor had put in that, that fantastic first double clear. Mm. And then Marlon Modelo Zanatelli came in from Brazil. And went nearly a second and a half faster. Yeah. And then you had Harry and Harry's round on Borsato, who oh. he won the, the Grand Prix with at the London International at Christmas. I thought no one's going to beat him, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he looked, he's, he's been in such good form. You just, 
on paper he would have you know he'd have been one of the red hot favorites beforehand anyway so um with a, ri- a round like that yeah you would have assumed that uh he might have nailed it but it all came down to the final rider didn't it yeah and then Gio thomas obviously would have had something to say about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he he just i mean that was jaw dropping oh, his round it was we l- just out. looked at each other didn't we and that horse is stride they're just the because he said as well he didn't think his horse was that quick but it just absolutely covered i've never seen such a you know ground covering stride and just absolutely flew around it was amazing and, and the gates were proving i mean gates in show jumping are quite tricky they, you don't see them that often in uh, no. show jumping anymore and uh, some of the horses were really sort of struggling to get over them but the way he cleared them it was just yeah he was, was never going to hit a fence was he we were we were touring, we? yes <laughs> Yeah, when you're watching some a performance that good, you're yeah. like, we obviously want Harry to win, but, exactly. but this is class. <laughs> and we've got a clip from Harry here. This is what he had to say after the class. And again, forgive the quality of the audio. This was in the press conference as well. I jumped the first round, fantastic. It was a cool course to jump, actually. You know, we jumped in so many small sand rings with delicate little poles. It was a different kind of style of riding, but it was really good fun. And um, yeah, jump off went great. Well, Harry hopefully will have uh, been jumping into Denmark next week. We've got the World Championships and he and uh, his teammates will be heading there next week. As are you, you're packing your suitcase as we speak. Well, well I probably should be, but um, yeah, yes. <laughs> chronic disorganisation and I haven't done it yet. But yeah, can't wait to get out there to Herney. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. And uh, yeah, great to have another championship coming thick and fast. It's been a very busy summer again already. So uh, thank you, Elle, for joining us. And Pippa, back to you. Well, thank you to Eleanor and Jen and to Alex too for joining us this week to celebrate a great week at the Royal International. Next week is going to be a big review show too. We'll be looking back at the dressage team action from the World Championships in Herning and also at everything that's happened at the Festival of British Eventing at Gatcombe. If you want to mug up on the World Championships ahead of that, we did preview that event on last week's podcast, so go back and give that episode a listen. And a final note, we received the sad news this week that the first Burley winner, Annalie Drummond-Hay, has died. Annalie was a guest on episode 47 of the Horse and Hound podcast, first released on the 21st of April 2021. So do go back and listen into that one. Meanwhile, have a great week and talk to you next time. The Horse and Hound podcast is a Media Cage production.